I have a very interesting message, I believe, this morning. I don't want you just to listen. I want you to see it in your Bible, so make sure you follow me in the Scripture. So turn in your Bible to the book of Matthew in chapter 3. It is very, very important to know what God says about an issue, because how are you going to know what position to take, whether you should do this or not do this, if you don't know what God says about it? And you don't want to just do something because, well, somebody says you should, or because the preacher said it. Do you have to be baptized in water in order to go to heaven? Now, a lot of people say yes. Some people say no. In verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Sounds like real macho man, don't he? Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions round about Jordan. So he went to the river Jordan, and he was baptizing. In verse 6, And were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our fathers. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, and shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's a lightning bolt. A man shows up on the scene, and lo and behold, does something that nobody's been talking about or doing anything about for over 400 years at least, because God had been silent from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And all of a sudden, this man shows up on the scene, and he's the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And he says, get your house in order. The Lord is coming. Make straight your paths. Get ready. Get right. So he goes to the River Jordan, and people were coming from all around to be baptized by John in the Jordan River. Do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? But look what he says in verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water. So he baptized with water unto repentance. So what does that mean? If they believed the preaching of John the Baptist, they were to be baptized in water. Look what else he says. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So John baptized with water, and Jesus is going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. Somebody says, I want to get the baptism of fire. You can have it. Now, fire here and the baptism of fire is not the one you want. Stop and think about it. Would you like to be baptized in fire? Just think about it. Does it sound warm to you? Look what he says there in uh, verse 12. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, gather his wheat into the garner. That's the wheat. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable what? Fire. The chaff is not what you want. 
There's believers and there's unbelievers. One group will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. One group is going to be baptized in fire. Which one would you like? Well, enough said. I already know which one you'd rather have. And so John the Baptist laid it on the line. He preached hard. In Mark chapter 1, pretty much the same thing is said here. But I want you to see this. In verse 3, you have pretty much the same thing that was said over there in the a book of Matthew. Verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. The baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. You see how some people can get the idea that you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven. Because it looks like that's what it says. But in, when he said that, he also made the statement over here in verse 8 again. I indeed baptize you with water, but he, that, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So there's two baptisms that are mentioned in the book of, or three over there in the book of Matthew. But here, just the two. Baptism of fire is not mentioned here. What do I have to do? Now here in the book of uh, Acts in chapter 19, and look there in verse 1. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto him, uh, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They had no idea what in the world they're talking about. So he says in verse 3, he said unto them, Under what then were you baptized? So baptism is unto something. It's to illustrate something. It's a picture of something. But what was it? So when John the Baptist baptized, what was it for? What was it unto? What was the purpose of it? What was it a picture of? What did it illustrate? There has to be a reason. And it should be simple. So he says, Under what then were you baptized? They said, under John's baptism. So remember, when John baptized, it says it was the baptism of repentance. Look in verse 4 now. Then said Paul, John, barely or truthfully, baptized with the baptism of repentance. See, it's still there. But we know he baptized with water, because he said it several times. Saying unto the people. Now this is what John the Baptist said to the people. That they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. So John the Baptist preached that they were to believe on the one that was to come. And that water baptism was a picture that you believed on him. You say, I believe on him. Then they were baptized in water. Now being baptized in water is not what saved. I've done a lot of weddings and they usually hire a photographer. They want all the pictures to be looking pretty. I have never seen yet where the taking of a picture has ever married anybody. It's only a picture of the wedding. It is not the wedding. It is not the marriage. It's only a picture of it. Water baptism is a picture of something. John says, I'm baptizing you in water, but he that cometh after me is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So the water baptism was a picture of the Holy Spirit baptism because Paul just asked him, he says, have you received the Holy Spirit 
So we haven't even heard. Well, what was you baptized for? What well, was just John's baptism? Otherwise, they didn't get the story. They didn't get the whole picture. And so it says here in verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized. I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts in chapter 8. The book of Acts in chapter 8. Philip had been involved in a, an evangelistic campaign. Was doing real good. A lot of people trusting the Lord. A lot of activity going on. And the Lord says, I want you to go talk to this guy. So in other words, he left a revival, took off across a desert, went about 100 miles. And he's running along and he catches up to this guy in a chariot. And I mean, here you go. Isn't it amazing how God can bring that together in the middle of a desert? He didn't have GPS. But he found him. He walked up to him. He said, hey, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I unless some man should guide me? And so he says here in verse 31, and he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Like a lamb dumb before her shears, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who hath declared his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So the man was riding along. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. And he didn't understand what he was reading. He said, do you understand? He said, I don't understand what I'm reading unless somebody could guide me. So Philip sat there and explains to him this scripture that you're reading in the Old Testament, written 700 years before Jesus Christ came, and this is what it's about. And he explained to him the gospel, the good news of how to have eternal life, how to be saved, how to know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. And so he explains to him, you cannot earn eternal life, you cannot work for it, you cannot buy it. It's only by accepting the payment Jesus Christ made and that Jesus Christ was led as a lamb to the slaughter. He did not defend himself and he allowed them to do whatever they wanted to. And he was cut off out of the land of the living. Who shall declare his generation? Uh, he had no wife, he had no children. And who can claim the throne of Israel if Jesus Christ, who was the only one, the last one, who had the right to claim to be the king in Israel, Israel will be forever without a king unless the king comes back. Evidently, somewhere along the line, he had to explain to him something about being baptized in water. So he says here in verse 35, he says, Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached it to him, Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? What would be the thing that would keep you from being baptized? Because not everybody can be baptized. That you can be dumped in water. But scripturally, you can't be baptized unless you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on that cross and paid for your sins and you have trusted Him as your only hope of going to heaven when you die. So, baptism is only for believers. Only those who believe something. You have to believe. Look what he says. In verse 37, Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, you may. So the only key about being baptized is you have to believe. 
Do you see why it is totally impossible to baptize infants? Because they're not at the place where they can believe. It gives a false hope. And the child has only been sprinkled with water, but that child has not been baptized. Baptism is only for believers. Only those who have trusted Christ as their Savior. You must believe He did it for you, and you believe it with all your heart. And you're trusting Him as your only hope of going to heaven. You can't be saved because you trust in your good works to get you to heaven. Good works won't get you there. That's why Christ died and paid for all the sins of the world so that you could, by faith, accept Him as your only hope of going to heaven. And notice what He says. He says, and He answered and He says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And talking about Jesus Christ being the Son of God, you're talking about His divinity, who He is. He is God in the flesh. And I believe it. And He told him about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ because that's all taught in Isaiah 53, the chapter that he was reading. So he understood about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and he was baptized in water. And that is a picture of what you believe. You see, when you stand in the water, it's a picture of Christ on the cross. When you go under the water, it's a picture of your burial. When you come up out of the water, it is a picture of your resurrection. So being baptized is not a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because anybody can do that for him. But it's a picture of your death, your burial, your resurrection. Because I believe he did it for me. And this is an outward picture of what I internally believe. I believe that he did that for me, that he died on that cross, that he was buried, that he came back from the dead. And so when you're placed under the water, it's a picture of your burial. And when you come up out of the water, it's a picture of your resurrection. And in the book of Romans in chapter 6, it talks about that we have been brought from the dead, that you and I, as a child of God, might walk in newness of life. So baptism is a very important part of the Christian testimony. You see, and I'll show you this later, the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature is also the great command. Now, I want you to take your Bible and look there in the book of Acts in chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas been preaching and got into some trouble, and so they were thrown in jail. So while they're in jail, midnight, they decided to start singing Amazing Grace and a few songs like that, you know. And so while they were there singing in prison, there was a, a problem. There was a little like an earthquake. Verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Here he says in verse 27, and the keeper of the prison... Awaking out of sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. We're all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came, came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And in verse 30 he says, 
and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What do I have to do to be saved? This is a perfect chance for them to really say what you have to do. So he asked the question, he ought to get a decent answer. Look at the answer. It says in verse 31, And he said, You must be a member of Calvary Community Church, pay 50%, well, inflation, you know. That's not what he said. He says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't say anything else he had to do to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that's all that I've ever done to be saved. Forty-nine years ago in a little old living room, that's all I did. I believed Christ died for me. If he died for me, then I don't have to. If he paid for all my sins, then I don't have to pay for them. You say, but what about all those bad things you've done? I don't have to pay for them. Well, that don't sound right. I know it don't. That's grace. Grace. It's unmerited favor. God will save you and give you eternal life as a gift because he loves you that much. It's not because you deserve it. You see, in the back of our minds, we still think that people deserve to go to heaven and there's people that deserve to go to hell. I got news for you. We all deserve to go to hell. None of us deserve to go to heaven. And I don't care how long you've been saved, you still don't deserve to go to heaven. It was because of God's grace. It's a gift. It's free. He loves us that much. He'd go to all the world and preach this good news to every individual. That's some mighty good news. But look at the last part of the verse. He says, and thine house. It means if your house believes, they can be saved because you can't get there without being saved, without being, believing. And then notice what he said. In verse 33, he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his straightway. In other words, his whole family heard the gospel, his whole family believed, and his whole family got baptized. Isn't that good? You see, they didn't get baptized to get saved. They got baptized because they were. They believed it. And he says, if you believe, what doth hinder me from being baptized? If you haven't believed, you can't get baptized. I don't care. A preacher can dunk you every day of your life for the rest of your life, and it's still not being baptized because you can only get baptized one time. And that's when you really have trusted Christ as Savior. I can say, well, I was baptized when I was a Lutheran, and I was 15 years old. I was sprinkled on, but I did not believe. Only a believer can be baptized. So all these so-called baptisms that people have had over the years, if you never trusted Christ as your Savior, you got wet, but you didn't get baptized. And it wasn't a picture of your death and your burial and your resurrection because his death, burial, and resurrection is not put to your account till you believe he did it for you. So yes, after I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was baptized at the Northside Baptist Church. I baptized a lot of people over the years. <laughs> All kind of strange things can happen. And then one year, it was in the wintertime, and I had about, I don't know, 10, 15 of them that I had to baptize well, it was freezing outside. The church was nice and warm and toasty. But the deacons forgot to turn on the heater for the baptistry. Just put the water in. Well, nobody knew it. 
So I, I got on my change of clothes. I was going to the thing. All the people out there watching. I walked in and I started down in it. And when my foot hit that ice water, it was ice water. I went, oh! <laughs> and I realized it's too late now. There's no turning back. I went down into that water and the coal kept creeping up. Have you ever touched the water when it's real cold and you got to get in a little bit, inch by inch? Well, if I'd have done that, it would have took all day. So I went on in there like nothing was wrong. And I stood there and I looked at the people. <laughs> they could not see me up close. I was freezing. And I looked up there and they had the ladies on one side and the guys were on the other side. And so I would take and rotate them, you know. And so they came down and that girl... When her, when her foot hit that water, she goes, ah! <laughs> People thought this church has got the spirit. <laughs> I says, it's just a little kid, Shelly. She, <laughs> she came down in the water. Now, whenever I do it, I always take them back. And then I bring them up. You know, when the ice cold. <laughs> well, she got ready to take her breath of air. <gasps> you know, I'm fixing to take her. But she thought I was going to go forward. So she got prepared to go. And I went. And so when I took her back, she went, oh! <laughs> took her under the water. I could still hear her hollering under the water. <laughs> I didn't keep her there long. It was, a, it was the fastest baptism I ever did in my life. And when I brought her up, she came up gloriously. <laughs> and everybody was in. They didn't, they didn't know we had cold water. They just thought, this is, this is really, you know, the Spirit's moving. The Spirit's moving. Well, one girl, she found out about it. Her name was Stephanie. She went and she got on her some clothes. She had on sweater. She had a hat on. She, she had a coat on. She was totally bundled up. And I thought, water will never touch her. <laughs> you know, w w clothes weigh more when they're wet. I almost didn't get her up. <laughs> but it's still a great experience. It's a great experience to know that I am having a picture taken of what I inwardly believe. And you know what? It's a great thing to do because it's the Word of God. It's what God It's the first step of obedience. Every child of God, if you trusted Christ as your Savior and you have not been baptized, I would not want to face my God being disobedient in that thing He called me to do. He said that because this is a testimony to everybody else. I believe this, and this is a picture of what God wants me to do. How were they baptized? Well, some people believe it's by sprinkling. <laughs> is, this, is this being baptized? Being baptized is you're planted in the likeness of his death. And you raise him up out of the water. Now, Acts chapter 8 and verse 38, 
And look what he says here. In Acts chapter 8, verse 38, it says, And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the cup of water. No. They went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Lord caught him away. So they went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, I'll be honest with you. Why do both of us got to go down in the water? But there's preachers that tell their people this. And they believe, well, their child is safe because he's been baptized. And a child grows up thinking, well, I've been baptized. As though that's some kind of a security blanket that I can hope in and trust in like it did something for me. It did absolutely nothing except give false hope to the parents and to the child. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents all the bad things that we do. It's our sins. And the Bible says that God loves us, but he hates our sin. Because, see, our sins have to be paid. Since we committed the sin, we have a debt. We have to pay for it. Wages means I earned the right to pay for it. I did it. The wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. So everybody in this room has earned the right to go to hell, but not one person in this room has ever earned the right to go to heaven. But we've all earned the right to be eternally separated from God because we've all sinned and come short of the perfection of God. So God says that you cannot save yourself. You can't get there by what you do. So all of our goodness, regardless of how good they may be, God says they're filthy rags. And that you'll never be good enough to go to heaven because that's the perfect place. And so that means you'd have to be perfect here in order to get there. And you don't know anybody like that. So God says you cannot save yourself. So it's not by going to church. It's not by giving money. It's not by promising to stop being bad and you're going to start being good. Or I'm going to get baptized. See, is going to church a good thing? Yes. Being baptized? Yes. All those are good things, but they don't get you to heaven. It's a death payment that God only accepts. And he took all the sin of all the world upon himself and died on the cross. He was buried and came back from the dead. And God says the only thing you and I can do is to believe. 